0: You're listening to a presentation of The Rising. We're a real church for real people where you can belong before you believe. We're always honored to hear how God is working in your life through this ministry. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, hit us up at wearetherising.com or on Facebook or Instagram. Finally, if you'd like to invest in what God's doing through this church, you can always give online through our site. Thanks again for tuning in, and get ready. Lean forward with an expectant attitude to hear a message from God's Word. Uh, I recently read this book by a guy named Chris Hogan called Everyday Millionaires. And what he did is organize the biggest study ever undertaken of American millionaires. And we hear that comment a lot, like, oh, they're rich or they're a millionaire. And we all kind of have this image, this stereotype of what that means. And we kind of project that about anybody who has money. But Chris Hogan wanted to find out what does it really mean to be a millionaire? So he undertook the nation's biggest study ever on real millionaires and what's really going on with them. And he has a bunch of interesting stats. I'm going to share a bunch of stats today, but I want to share start with sharing um, just some stories that he compiled in this book. Bill said, 10 years ago, my wife and I had $800,000 in debt when we finally woke up. We've worked hard to get where we are today. We both have a high school education with a little college for me, trade school for her. Now their net worth is $1.2 million dollars. Janet said, I've never earned more than $38,000. We didn't inherit any money. We're retiring in four years with $3 million. Gary said, it's not easy becoming a millionaire. You have to be willing to sacrifice things. If you're more worried about what other people think of you, what you drive, where you live, what clothes you wear, you'll never get where you want to be financially. By the way, his net worth is $14.6 million. Helen said, I grew up in a low income home with a single mom. My husband is first generation of American. His parents arrived with nothing. We just believed if we were smart, we'd get ahead. Net worth 1.1 million. Louie said, my single mother came to this country with three kids, not knowing the language. She taught us discipline and hard work. Net worth 5.5 million. Students listen to this one. Donald said, I started planning and saving when I read about compound interest at age 13. We always lived on one income and saved or invested the other. Our parents gave us a strong work ethic and taught us not to care about what others possess. The key to getting ahead financially is compounding time and consistency. He started at age 13. His net worth is $9.5 million. I love reading those stories because that's what we've been talking about in this series. We're talking about wisdom. And we said wisdom is seeing patterns and creating systems. Wisdom is seeing patterns and creating systems. This is why dating is such a helpful process. Because you see patterns in guys you don't want to marry, and then you create a system to find a guy you do want to marry. This is what good coaches do. Is they see the opponent's patterns and create systems to defeat them on the field. This is why so many of us give our lives to Jesus, is we see patterns in our lives of loneliness, guilt, shame. We say, I don't want to carry these things. Oh, Jesus says he'll carry it for me and give me forgiveness to take it all away. And so we give our life to him, and then we create patterns to follow him for the rest of our lives. Wisdom is seeing patterns and creating systems. Now, the first two weeks of this series, we've learned that principle... What we're going to do today and next week is we're going to take one topic today, one topic next week that are really influential to every single person here, and we're going to see how do we see patterns and create systems with this topic. Today, we're going to talk about the, uh, the topic of money. Now I know, immediately a bunch of you just got really nervous because you've been maybe in a church setting before, you're familiar with how some churches out there do this, and you think church talking about money equals guilt and manipulation and I'll just validate that because I'm aware of a bunch of the stories like I've heard them from people in this church in fact I have a friend who uh, I forget how many years ago um, was part of a church in another state and they were doing some kind of campaign where they wanted to raise like millions of dollars for some new initiative And the way they did it was they brought like six people in at a time, put them in a room and said, we've done the math and you all have to commit to give at least X amount of money for us as a church to reach our goal. We don't want you to leave this room until you can come up with that amount of money. We don't do that at Mosaic, by the way. And uh, they were there for a really long time. And finally, my friend took off uh, her diamond ring, placed it on the table, and I said, I guess I'll give this. And she said, Carl, I've regretted that ever since. In fact, here's how Eugene Peterson paraphrases something Jesus talks about one time. He says, be wary of false teachers who smile a lot, dripping with practiced sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off some way or other. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees will, with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. So I think he's talking about preachers here, so I'm just going to tell you, I don't want to be chopped down and burned, okay? So I'm going to try to not do that today because that's not what Jesus is after. Here's our theme verse for today. Solomon said, those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe, And I love that phrase, walks in wisdom, because that's the language we've been learning the past couple of weeks, right? It's roads, it's paths, it's ways. We want to walk in the way of wisdom. God wants to give us wisdom with money. And it'll keep you safe from greed. It'll keep you safe from being poor. God's wisdom will keep you safe from a financial emergency. God's wisdom will keep you safe from financial stress. God's wisdom will keep you safe in this area of money so it neither destroys you nor dominates you. God gives wisdom for money. And that should be really comforting because it's such a big area of our lives. Let me give you some stats. 30% of Americans say they're constantly stressed about money. 58% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. Which is kind of funny if you put those two things together. Like 58% of people don't have any money set aside. 30% of people are stressed about money. Houston, we have a problem, right? 38% of American households have credit card debt averaging $16,000 per household. 100 million Americans have a car loan averaging $27,000. 42% 42% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and 25% of people who make six digits live paycheck to paycheck. 93% of American workers have access to some type of retirement plan, but only two in three contribute enough to do their employer match. One in three American adults, so if you're an adult sitting next to two adults, one of you has zero saved for retirement. And one in two Americans, so you were the person next to you, if you had a $400 emergency, couldn't cover it. You'd either have to go in debt or sell something. We are in financial bondage. But Jesus says, I'll set you free. And that includes financial freedom. God wants us to have financial freedom. See, I've seen people take only scriptures teachings about money. They ignore everything else and they get free because it's a parallel to how God wants to set you free from sin and they get that. So today I want to apply what we've been learning about wisdom to this area of money. The pattern we see is debt With car, house, school, no saving, spend like crazy, buy today, pay tomorrow, the result is stress, lack of security, no impact through generosity, and a big area of your life that is out of control that could bring you satisfaction and freedom, but currently brings stress and slavery. Now, let's be honest. A lot of us didn't ask for the financial problems we have. If wisdom is seeing patterns, we didn't see a pattern or we didn't have good patterns. We just kind of fell into a system that was passed down to us. And this is an area, to be honest, where I've been extremely blessed in life. Because I have parents who taught me great financial principles growing up. They held us accountable to it as kids. And as I grew up and read the Bible, I realized, oh, this is where they got the principles they taught me. Now, it wasn't always easy for them. My mom's told us multiple times that when we were little kids, the biggest source, uh, the biggest motive for fights in their marriage was money, pro- money struggles. And it would go like this. My dad was a dentist. He made good money, but they would look around at their friends and they all had nicer things than my parents. And so it would cause a fight. My mom would say, why can't we get a fancy car? Why can't we go on vacation? Why can't we afford that? Honey, you're too tight with money. Why can they afford that? And my dad's honest answer was, I don't know how they can afford that. He was looking at his money. He was looking at their life. He didn't know. But then my parents are quick to say, fast forward 10, 20, even 30 years, and what they realized is those people couldn't afford it either because they started seeing some of their friends, even some friends who made good money, start going bankrupt and start having to downsize and start having to get a second job in their old age because they had not handled money well throughout their whole life. In fact, one time, my dad says... um, A doctor he knew showed up at my dad's office one day and said, can I talk to you in private for a second? So they went in private. He said, I got this financial thing. Long story. I'm not going to bore you with the details. I just wonder if you could give me $5,000 as a quick loan. I'll hit you back. I'll pay it back next week. My dad said, well, let me think about, I'll call you back. When the guy left, my dad called his community bank cause he has a really good relationship with the manager there. It was a local small community bank. He said, hey, Dr. So-and-so just came, wanted to buy $5,000. Is that something you guys could do? And the banker actually knew the guy, said to my dad, whose name is Carl, he said, Carl, I can't give you any details, but don't loan that guy a penny. Run. contrast that with what i've been reading in this book everyday millionaire here's some more stats 89 percent of millionaires have been net worth between one and five million dollars two and three of them graduated from public state schools they didn't go to some big name fancy university nine percent didn't even graduate from college close to 50 percent had a b average or less in school i'm gonna be a millionaire (laughs) 73% 73% never had a penny of credit card debt, 18% are self-employed, 62% of them earn less than $100,000 a year in their family. It's not about what you make, it's about what you do with it. I found this one interesting, 80% of millionaires exercise at least three times a week. Yes. <laughs> On average, their homes are 2,600 square feet. They've lived there for an average of 17 years, meaning they don't upgrade once they get a bigger uh, raise. Two thirds have paid off mortgage and they paid it off in 11 years. Look at the top uh, professions for millionaires in our country. I thought it was going to say pastor here, but it didn't say that. Uh, engineer, accountant, teacher, management, and lawyer. The third most common occupation among millionaires in our country is teacher. Yeah, there you go. You're on your way. And then here's just my favorite stat of all that I thought really is a good illustration. Average price millionaires spend on jeans, 35 bucks. Meaning, meaning you can be a millionaire or you can dress like a millionaire, but you can't do both. Right? So I think... I was trying to think of this, like if you, if you're going out on a wife, uh, with your wife on a date, you want her to look good, but she comes downstairs, you, you may not want to say, eh, babe, you look like a millionaire tonight, like let's, uh, okay, don't say that, but why is that true? Why are more teachers millionaires than doctors and C-suite executives? Why is it that B students with average jobs who go to state colleges become millionaires? They're not famous movie stars. They're not YouTube celebrities. They're not successful athletes. You have no idea who they are. The reason is they have what we've been talking about, wisdom. They live out very simple things the Bible teaches about patterns and systems so that you manage your money and your money doesn't manage you. Now, let me be clear. Please hear this. Please hear this. My goal is not for you to become a millionaire. My goal is for you to know Jesus. And when you know Jesus, you give him everything in your life, which includes your money. And when you know Jesus, he gives you wisdom for everything in life, which includes your money. And that enables you to be more generous. and enables you to work, uh, have your money work better for you. And the reality is, if you don't know Jesus, and you're just completely skeptical of Jesus, saying, I, I, I'm checking out when the communion part comes. Well, I'll just say about everything you're going to learn today, you're welcome. Because you're going to learn some principles today that whether you follow Jesus or not will make your life better. But my prayer for you today is that you do go implement these financial principles and then you realize everything I do that Jesus tells me makes my life better in every single way. So I think I'm just going to give him everything. That's our prayer. One last introductory thing. Students, please get this now. Please get this now, students. Don't pay what we call stupid tax that so many of us other people have. I don't think you should be able to graduate high school without knowing the stuff we're going to talk about. God wants to set you on a path today. All right? So wisdom is seeing patterns and creating systems. What I want to do is give you four patterns and systems today. I'm going to put a whole lot of stuff on the screen. Maybe you write it down. It may be easier just to take pictures today, but you are going to want to remember this, so take notes. Systems for money. Number one, kill debt. Kill debt. Kill debt, kill debt, kill debt. Debt will kill you, so you have to kill your debt. And here's why. And you know this is true. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Think about this. A slave goes where the owner wants him, when the owner wants him, and does what the owner wants him. Whenever he wants him. So he has no control over his own life. Debt makes you a slave whoever you owe money to so your friend says hey you want to go on this vacation with us we're giving you a bunch of months it's going to be totally awesome it's going to be epic don't miss it you say no um you know my owner visa says i have to give him the money i I can't run up any more charges they won't let me you want to give this great opportunity at church you can be a part of something amazing no uh my owner car loan says i gotta give that money to him instead you want to pay for your kid's college, man, you can get them a great education and send them on a great trajectory so they graduate from college debt-free. Man, it'll be awesome. No, no, uh, I'd like to, but my owner MasterCard says all my money's going to him right now. The borrower is slave to the lender. Here's something else I realized recently. Think about this. Um, we talk about faith a lot. And all you have to do to to have a relationship with Jesus is place your faith in Him. You don't do anything. Jesus has done it all. All you do is believe it, which is a pretty sweet deal. And your sin is washed clean and you are forgiven forever. Amazing. Just believe it. So we talk about faith a lot. Debt and generosity are both faith statements. Debt is a faith statement that says, I'll buy this today in faith that I can pay it off tomorrow. Generosity is a faith statement that says I will give this today in faith that God will provide for me tomorrow. They're both faith statements. Generosity assumes God will provide everything I need. Debt assumes future me will provide everything I need. Or buck or something will provide everything I need. Generosity is faith in God. Debt is faith in me. So if the pattern is debt makes me a slave. The system I need is the debt snowball. We talk about this every two or three years, maximum every three years, because this brings freedom to so many people in this church. Let's say these are your debts. You got a school loan for nine grand, uh, you know, a couple of credit cards there, seven grand on your car, owe your parents 1,600 bucks, and they're nice, and so they're not charging you interest. What we're going to do first is we're going to order these from smallest owed to most owed owed now immediately this is the order we're going to pay them off immediately someone will always say mathematically it's actually better to pay off the highest interest rate first and then that's true but if you were that good at math you wouldn't have these debts in the first place what we're trying to do is gain momentum and get emotional traction, so I'm going to put them from smallest to largest because I can knock that off the quickest, that's going to get me momentum to knock off the second, that's going to give me momentum as I get the snowball going to get the third, okay? So before we start paying, we don't just want to pay $50 on 450 dollars every month because that's going to take us nine months to pay off target. Instead, what we're going to do is we need to find some extra money to pay off our debt. So you're going to find 200, say, dollars to, knock, to pour into this every single month. You're going to cancel Spotify. You're going to get rid of Netflix. You're going to get rid of Starbucks every other day. I know somebody's twitching right now. But you're going to do something to say, I need to attack this and gain control of my life instead of being a victim and passive about it anymore. You're going to take that $200, you're going to add it to the $50, so you're doing $250 total. Show us the whole screen here if you can, so everybody can see where we're going. And what we're going to do is we're going to be able to pay off Target in less than two months instead of nine. But we're not going to take that $250 in and say, now I can go to Starbucks. We're going to say, no, we're going to add that to the 30. We're already paying REI. We're going to give them $280 a month. That's going to be gone in no time. Then we're going to add that to the next debt, and so on, and so on. And then you're going to pay these off really quickly. If you don't do this, it will take you 10 years to pay off your debt. If you do the debt snowball, it will take you 21 months to pay it off. Less than two years. That's a difference of 99 months. And at the end of those 21 months, if you decide, you know what, I've actually gotten used to living on less than this, you know, $1,000 plus per month, instead of just going out and spending that on something, I'm going to take that and invest that in a mutual fund that'll get 10% interest for merely the amount of time that I was going to use it to pay debt anyway. At the end of it, you're going to end up with cash savings of $169,709. Hope you like your Starbucks. Starbucks. We're going to kill debt. Second thing we're going to do, we're going to practice generosity. The stats say the majority of millionaires practice generosity. More importantly, God says the way you make sure money doesn't strangle you is you are generous. Listen to these proverbs from Solomon. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. He says whoever gives the poor will lack nothing and whoever is generous will be blessed. So the pattern is I need to be generous to keep money in perspective. The system is I give away 10% and increase it from there. It's pretty cool because God, we talked last week, gives us a system called communion. God gave his people a system of generosity of giving away 10% as the standard. Jesus commends that standard and then we're told, give as you've been blessed, which the way I understand that means 10% isn't the finish line, it's the starting point. Because you know what happens when you're generous? One thing that happens is money doesn't control you. Like if you're just focused on giving it away, it doesn't own you. Another thing that happens is you're part of God working in the world. We say this phrase a lot, I didn't cause that, but I'm a part of that. Meaning every time I see a baptism like we saw last service, every time I see an awesome men's retreat, every time I see impact week, every time I see a first-time guest going to that black tent after service, every time I see hundreds of people sign up for groups, I know I didn't cause that. God caused those things. I can't cause that, but I'm a part of that because I'm generous in this place. And something else that happens when you're generous. And I... Don't talk about this often because I think it can come off wrong, but but I, I just need to mention it. Is God takes care of you, and I don't mean God makes you rich. Uh, there's no verse that says if you follow Jesus you'll be rich. There are people who follow Jesus and are poor, and they love Jesus and Jesus loves them. But when I'm generous, God's promises that things will work out, and I've seen that. For several years, we've had this van. Um, that we we kind of hated to be honest I mean it had 200,000 plus miles on it 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 got us from A to B most of the time um but that's about all it did AC didn't work that great so on hot days that was a struggle you know it was all scratched up on the side all this stuff in fact it was the insides too because we took it to our mechanic about a year and a half ago and said hey there's like some weird noises and this is happening this is wrong and this noise and uh, he looked at it and he kind of came in like a doctor with like an elderly patient and said um it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, this van is beyond my care. And um, he said, there's just so much wrong with this. I can't fix it. It's on its way out. Its death is imminent. He said, I would actually not even be willing to take your money because I couldn't have that on my conscience because I could do whatever I could to it. and You could drive it off my lot and it would literally die right there. But here's the thing that was interesting is that van lasted another year and a half. And, um, I think it's because we're generous, I really do, and it's entirely possible God is rolling his eyes at me right now, but here's what I know is true, when I'm, when our family is generous, those things happen, is uh, we'll get an unexpected gift card for date night, and um, our van lasts another year and a half. And then we get to be part of this special program that gives us a great new house at a discount, and it's absolutely amazing. And I don't know which ones are God and which ones just happened, but I just know God said, when you're generous, I'll take care of you. And I've seen that to be true. So the way we live out this system here is online giving, mosaicchristian.org slash give. And I challenge you to set it up because I think it'll set you free. And just so you know, uh, our church isn't in a budget crisis, okay? This isn't like, please give because, like, we won't have the lights on next week. It's not that. In fact, you've actually given more this year. I went to our finance team meeting Friday. You've given more this year than we even thought you'd give. So it's above uh, projected giving, which is awesome. But our vi- here's what's always been true. Our vision exceeds our income. And there are things we think that God has placed on our hearts to do in the future as a church that we're just waiting for God to provide the funding before we initiate those. Third pattern we see, save consistently. Check out these Proverbs. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to Rest then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. And then this one's my favorite. Consider the ant, you lazy bum. Watch its ways and become wise. Although it has no overseer, officer, or ruler, in summertime it stores its food supply. At harvest time it gathers its food. We talked about debt. The reason a lot of people are in debt is because they didn't save. You know how those people became millionaires? I've read their stories. They saved. The pattern is people who save don't have financial emergencies. They don't stress about money. They aren't owned by a borrower. They have freedom. So here's the system. Automatically save 15% for retirement automatically save 15% for retirement. We follow Dave Ramsey's financial peace program. More about that in a second. But he says once you save three months expenses as an emergency fund, then without fail, you save 15% for retirement. And I love that word automatically. That's really key to this. We do the same thing with saving as we do with giving. I don't decide week to week or month to month or paycheck to paycheck if I'm going to be generous. I set it up automatic online. I'm generous. Then the net I get in my bank, you know, I end up with is what I have. And I just know I'm a generous person without having to think about it. It's automatic. Same thing with retirement. I just set it up to be taken out of my paycheck. So when I look at what I've got, the retirement's already been taken out. I'm set with that. Here's what I've got to live on. I'm good to go. Students. Middle and high scores. Here's why we have you in here. Because I know some of you are thinking, well, I don't even have a paycheck, so what is he talking about? This doesn't apply to me. Here's why you're here. Because most parents in the room mess this up. They weren't trying to mess up, but they did. And students, if you can get this ingrained in you now from your very first babysitting job, from your very first lawn mowing job, you start stashing 15% of that away every time you get paid, your financial picture will be different than everybody you meet the rest of your life, guaranteed. See, if you are a teacher in Anne Arundel County, we checked the stats this week, coming right out of college, no experience, you will make $43,000 per year. If you save 15% of that, and we're not talking about car saving or saving for down payment on a house, we're talking about retirement savings. If you save 15% of that every year and you never get a raise, you end up with $3 million. If you invest that 10% interest, which is market average. At had a teacher sitting on the front row, last service, and she goes, what? <sighs> You're going to be a millionaire. Last pattern we see, spend wisely. Solomon says, be fully aware of the condition of your flock and pay close attention to your herd's wealth is not forever. Now you don't have a flock, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you have dollars, but he's saying pay attention to the resources you have to manage. So our system is simply this live on a budget. Live on a budget. And this is the thing that enables you to do other things. You don't want debt. You want to save. You want to give. You can't do any of that if you don't live on a budget. Dave Ramsey says something really simple. He says, every month, you and your spouse have a budget meeting. And you go over everything coming up for the next month and say, here's what the income's going to be. Here's what the expenses are going to be. Let's plan it out. Let's follow it. And then you do that every single month to hold yourself accountable. If you're single, you do the exact same thing. You have a personal uh, budget. And then every month you have someone that's holding you accountable, that you trust to see your finances and say, here's how I did last month. Here's my plan for this upcoming month. And they encourage you with that. People in this church use four or five different apps to track their spending and follow their budget, they're really easy. Some sync sp- with your bank account. All of them just cre- keep track of expenses, so you know on your phone, here's where I'm at. I got this much more for gas, this much more for groceries, and oh look, I have enough to go out tonight. This is great. And here's why you want to do this. Last year, 16 months ago, my wife and I celebrated our 15th anniversary. We went to Paris, and it was awesome. We ate great food. We saw great art. We just enjoyed each other. We saw some amazing history. The one thing, the only thing that went wrong on that vacation is we had to come home. I mean, it was a great vacation. Um, but we paid for it all because we'd been saving for a long time for it. And the way we save for that, one of the primary ways we live on a budget is we have a real tight grocery budget. Um, My wife feeds six people on a real small amount of money, and she shops at Aldi and Costco because in her way of doing things, that's the cheapest way to feed our family. If they don't sell it at Aldi and Costco, the cools don't eat it. That's how it goes. We were talking about this one time with some friends, and one of them, I think it was talking about like the fruit at Aldi, I don't even remember exactly, but she said, I don't like the way that Aldi food tastes. And I paused for a second, I said you know what all Aldi food tastes like to me? Paris. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. So here's my question for you, is, is what do you want to do with your life? You want to go to Paris? You want to travel the world? Do you have a dream of paying for your kids' college? And they don't even realize how good they got at graduating college debt-free. Do you have a dream of owning your own home and even paying it off? You live at out of mortgage or rent. What do you want to do? Do you you want to be so generous that you change people's lives forever? The way you do that is you live on a budget. It's not about what you make. It's about what you do with what you make. And Jesus wants you to make an impact by setting you free. Everything we're talking about today is very basic. Millionaires are not smarter than you they don't have access to different information than you they just do it But you know the thing about wisdom is wisdom is really basic like what we've been learning these past two weeks isn't wow I've never thought about that before it's like well here's what God says and you know in your gut that this is true so will you go do it and that's wisdom if you wanna take action on what we're talking about today Uh, The team told me it's not too late for you to sign up for our Financial Peace University. Uh, They've met one week, but it's not too late to jump in, so you want to sign up today if you want to do that. Child care is available as an opportunity for that. But the reason we do any of this is because Jesus sets us free. Make no mistake, there is worse bondage than financial bondage, and that's bondage to sin. So Jesus says, if the Son sets you free... You're truly free and we already talked about the prayer request that we can have lots of joy we can have lots of pain we can have best weeks and worst weeks and I'm sure we have both in this room and that's why we celebrate communion to be reminded Jesus gives us grace because he loves us more than he loved his own life he gave himself up for you on the cross to draw you back into relationship with the father and all you got to do is believe All you got to do is have faith. And if you want to talk about that faith, we want you to check the baptism box in your connection card. But we're going to celebrate communion right now to be reminded, God gives me grace. God sets me free. And yes, I want you free financially. But let's take these moments of communion and singing this song to focus on the fact that God's grace sets us free. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And I love that you give me grace, because I need it. I do need it from an eternal perspective, because I disconnected myself from you. But I need it, like, this week, like today. Because I want to become the man that you want me to be, and I I can't do that on my own. And I want to be a vessel for your love, and that doesn't come by me trying, it comes from you Pouring out your spirit in me. So God, thank you for grace. And God, I also thank you for truth. That you give us wisdom. And say, hey, here's just a better way to run your life. And God, I pray we, we will all take steps towards financial freedom this week. From the sixth grader to the 60-year-old. God, I pray that we will all encounter Jesus right now in this moment. As we remember that you died for us. We love you. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We pray God inspires, challenges, and motivates you to become greater through what you've just heard. Again, be sure to check us out at wearetherising.com. Remember, your best days are still ahead.